Hello, you're listening to Me and My Yoga with me, Yoga Harriet. This is a podcast where you get to hear some of the inspirational stories that shape the yoga teachers who you might know and love or who might be totally new to you. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to Live Karma Yoga co-founder, Zara Karimi. Zara's yoga journey began when after attending her first class, she saw opportunity to incorporate yoga into her job as a youth worker, working with young offenders. She undertook her teacher training just two weeks after her first class and has since set up outreach programmes focused on making yoga accessible to all, regardless of their financial position, background or gender. In this episode, we talk about how she has gone on to set up Live Karma Yoga, a community project with a focus on providing a safe space for people to create their own yoga journey. Zara has taken yoga into schools, hospitals, prisons. She's worked with people experiencing addiction, trauma and domestic violence. Zara also speaks in this episode about how her yoga was a personal tool following the tragic loss of both of her parents. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with a wonderful teacher with such a love of her community and such a passion for providing equal opportunities. She truly is an inspiration to us all. Welcome, Zara. How are you? Oh, it's so good to see you. How are you? Thank you. It's so lovely to see you. I haven't seen you in ages. I know. I was just thinking the same. Life has just become a Zoom, one big Zoom journey, hasn't it now? It really has. It really has. I mean, I, I have such a love-hate relationship with Zoom. I love being able to practice with loads of different teachers because obviously I live in North London. I've been able to practice yeah. with teachers from not just London, from all over the country, from all over the world. Um, but then actually doing the teaching yourself on Zoom. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the first class, I always was really anti, not anti, but you know, because our whole work is community-based and being with people sort of face on, initially with the whole digital and online. I thought I'll I'll wait until the last minute before we do it and then of course because of this we just moved with the times uh, and I agree with you it's so great to connect and have so many more people join and be able to see people from all across the world but the first class that we did I remember I think it timed out within 30 minutes because we used the trial before we actually bought the zoom and then they could only see half of my body and I had Instagram set up in another corner and you're just trying to get used to it all and then you realize that everyone's sort of peering into your one little space <laughs> yes and also it means i means sort of having to do the practice so much more you know normally i'm quite used to sort of demonstrating yes. and then walking around and kind of helping people around but actually having to just do an entire practice and speak through the whole thing yeah and doing postpartum has been a bit like yeah. oh, it's a bit well, hat, hats off to you and if anything it's probably inspiring like lots of mums too that they can do it and just keep going um, and how much yoga can help, you know, with, with the pregnancy and with the journey. I always feel that yogi mums are a different calibre. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking, we're talking about yoga, so I'm recording. So let's just sort of launch of course. into the podcast. So I suppose just a little bit of background about the podcast. I'm just talking to all sorts of different yoga teachers. Um, and what happens generally is that we start talking about, you know, I start looking at my questions and then we kind of go on a theme, you know, so some people have been talking about things like non-attachment, some people have been talking about, you know, pregnancy yoga, some people have been talking about um, 
like the Black Lives Matter movement. It's all gone, you know, it's great because we've had, I've had so many different people from walks of life. In fact, one of the people that I, because I was doing a little bit of research before um, I came, I came on today and I saw that you're actually, um, Liv Karma Yoga is actually affiliated to someone else who I'm doing the podcast with, so Jambo. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, he works with us really closely. I don't know if you've interviewed him already. I have. Um, but no, he's next week. <laughs> he's yeah. So he's fantastic. So he uh, does a lot with us on just well, we've done trainings together, we've done uh, workshops together. But because um, our main project is with the prisons, he's very passionate about that. Mm -hmm. And so even though he's been all he's all over the place, as you know, he goes from sort of Scotland to Thailand to Asia to all different parts of the world we just keep in touch with him nearly every week wherever we can just to share ideas and keep connected but yeah he's he's definitely affiliated with live karma and he's fantastic uh and crazy but he's a, i'm sure you're gonna have a lot of fun with him on yeah. the interview <laughs> i'm so i've just come across i, I do forest yoga so yes forest yoga guardian so i thought oh he'd be a nice person to have on and then i was just looking at your website and i thought hang on what, what? I know it's such a small world and I think it's it's so connected especially through yoga but forest is a beautiful practice and when you I don't know if you've got a chance to do one of his classes but they are brilliant and he is so strong mm -hmm. it's amazing um it's amazing to see someone that you know isn't the stereotypical you look at him and you think oh wow you know he must be working out every single day he's a real party boy but he can do everything because his mind and his focus is there so I love that yeah so he's next friday so i'll i'll say to him that i've had you <laughs> brilliant. brilliant um so let's talk about you um before we start talking about live karma i'd love to just hear a little bit more about how you came to yoga in the first place because i know that you were in dance is that right yes yes so uh about seven years ago i was working at a unit for young offenders and at-risk young people and I, I was a behavior specialist so that was by day and then by night I was a dance teacher and youth worker for vulnerable kids and youth centers. Um, so actually, I initially took to yoga because I found that my job in the daytime was quite stressful. Um, and I, I battled with the system quite a lot of utilizing, you know, quite regimented techniques to try and tackle and access these kids. And so House of Yoga opened up on my road. Um, and within about a week, I just thought, having no experience in yoga whatsoever, I'll just give it a try and see. Uh, and it was that moment I, it completely changed everything for me. And uh, I remember I looked at one of your questions and it was John Collins, who you might know, it was his class. So for someone that hasn't done yoga, to go to a power Ashtanga Vinyasa, 32 degrees, packed full class. Uh, I had my mat turned around the wrong way. I was, I think, right at the front because there was no space available slipping and sliding all over the place uh, and i just felt very lost but the feeling throughout it and just the movement of what was going on in my mind it was this experience that i couldn't forget about and uh and that's where it began and sort of changed everything from that moment it's, it's so funny you say about putting your mat the wrong way. I feel like everyone yeah. who's done that has gone into yeah. a class and just sort of laid their mat out and thought, right, I think this is my spot. And then someone just saying, you're actually, the teacher's that way. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm always oh. doing like, whoops. <laughs> and even, you know, the grip side and the, and the slippy side. And so you just don't want to be that student that gets a tap on the shoulder and everybody knows this is definitely her first time. Uh, but I think it was just that welcoming, you know, at the end of it. It was that sense of community, very different than going into a gym or going into somewhere where you're just in your own 
in your own thoughts actually you can you can be in there but feel people welcoming and warming you to it so it was really lovely to be acknowledged afterwards just by John the teacher saying I hope you know that you enjoyed it and for all of the other students around as well just to check in and, and say oh I hope you come back and and that was was quite significant because you know it's very different now even with yoga how fast everything's changed in the western world with it so even back then it was it was more rare to go to a community class or something quite open than it is now and um, so that feeling was was more recognized I think. and so that's what inspired you to keep going back that sense of community 100 percent, yeah and um i think it it really uh, stood out to me that this was something that i could take into uh, the work that I was doing and when I was working with these kids it was a job that I'd always always wanted but as soon as you get that sort of that job you're working with children who are from very very uh, at risk backgrounds or have just gone into prison or just come out of prison and the system is about teaching them how to get qualifications which I understand is important but as I was going to the youth centre in the evening and doing things like dance with them I could see the difference and impact on just their attitude, their mood, their behavior. And um, so as soon as I started practicing and I went back the next day actually to the house of yoga, I then started taking that into my work and just seeing how much of a shift it created with not only the students and the kids, but the, the teachers and the team as well, just creating that bond and that sense of, of belonging and again, community and connection. So it was pretty instant in terms of an impact. Uh, and then very, very rapidly uh, it, it started to happen. I think it was two weeks later, which sounds crazy considering I'd only done two weeks of yoga, but they had launched a teacher training at the House of Yoga. And my partner actually said, I've never seen such a positive response to something. And he signed me up to the teacher training. <laughs> I didn't know, again, what I was going in for, um, but that's always something that I utilize because it was a vinyasa training. Um, and Again, everyone in there had done yoga for years and I hadn't. And I think I always tell people that because there's a lot of misconception around teacher training. Or you have to have practiced for a long time. You have to know exactly what you're doing. You have to know what the asanas are, etc. And actually, it's more about taking that time for yourself to just give back to you and to access maybe lots of things that you haven't from your past or what you actually want to do for your future. We don't really take the time to do that development work. I love that. It's so funny. I've just done literally 10 minutes ago an Instagram post about my journey with teacher training and having this, this sensation of being an imposter because I started my teacher training after you know a relatively short period of time after I started the yoga practice because like you, I just was like, this is amazing. I want to learn more. I want to make this part of my life. So I want to immerse mm. myself in it. And, and I had that sensation of everyone in this room is going to be looking at me thinking she doesn't even know like the Sanskrit words you know and and actually it's it's it kind of is more indicative of my own fear rather than anything else that anyone was doing but it's such a brave step to take isn't it to go in there and be sure feel like an imposter and then realize actually this is my experience this is me becoming a teacher and, you know, I was one of those people as well. I mean, maybe this would be different for you, but I said, I'm only here to learn. I'm not here to teach. <laughs> yes, for sure. And it becomes, oh, you know, I don't know the physical, but I'm just here, you know, to to really enjoy the experience. I, I know my job. I know what I'm doing. It's not something I go into because you almost want to make that statement for yourself because I think this whole journey with yoga in general just reminds you that we're always thinking so much 
about what someone else will think of us or uh, how we might show up to another. And actually yoga is all about starting with yourself mm. and then growing. And as soon as you focus on you, you can then do so much for those around you and within your own self growth as well. But you have to be brave enough, like you said, to be vulnerable and just go, I don't know what's going to happen. But I also believe that training comes to you at a time in your life or you choose to make that step when you need it the most. It happens 100% for a reason when it's supposed to. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it was a crazy journey. But then after that, it just completely shifted and went through all sorts of turns and, and crossroads and, and got me to sort of where I am now. So let's discuss that. So how long after you completed your training did Live Karma Yoga come about? And, and tell us about Live Karma Yoga. <laughs> so uh, two weeks after I started yoga, I did this teacher training. And I think it was about six months later. And in that period, I was integrating it into my work. Uh, and then as soon as I qualified, I went part time. And I set up an outreach program at the House of Yoga. And that was all about trying to bring yoga to as many people as possible. But those who struggled with accessibility, whether that be financial, whether that be due to... Uh, background, gender, whatever it may be, location, um, ability. And so our whole ethos with the outreach program was to provide yoga to businesses, to schools, and utilize that money generated to then bring yoga to those who couldn't be able to afford it. So it was this beautiful sense of community supporting community. Um, and as that grew very quickly, it gave me the confidence to say, right, I can really do this independently. So we left the House of Yoga project running. I left my work entirely. And then one of the girls who I'd met called Eva along the way uh, on this journey with outreach, she was one of our teams. We built a team of 10 and we decided to set up Live Karma Yoga together. And it was about really taking that idea of a sort of a Robin Hood mentality, of everybody helping everybody and, and see how it could grow. So what we did is we started running all classes and community spaces, youth centers that I'd worked in already that were in need of positive awareness. And all of our classes were either free or pay as you can or contribution. And we just found that that model really worked because people were coming together from all walks of life and everyone was supporting everybody because it would be sort of an honesty basket at the back where people could pay. So it was very, very humble. Um, and then it just very quickly started to flourish and we began taking our yoga into uh, schools, into the prisons, starting programs, projects. We teamed up with uh, Carney's Community Charity, who are a partner, who support ex-offenders and at-risk young people through physical practices and employment. And then we started taking it into hospitals, into uh, the London Ambulance Team, the NHS, and working with addiction, trauma, domestic violence. And again, it just started to expand so now three years in, uh, we have 11 of us in our team and every single person that's in our team has come through um, a scholarship with us. So we team up with different yoga studios who want to support. They then get to do a scholarship with them uh, and then they work with us. And all of them have either come straight from the community, from not very privileged backgrounds. We've actually also got um, offenders on our team who are now qualified as teachers who have come through the system of being in prison with us, doing yoga, and then come out, trained as a teacher, and now are giving back. So we're, we're very happy with, with how it's gone, but 
if anything, it's not even down to us. It's down to the people that take part. And just the realization that we're all the same, uh, but we just all live in different places. We all may live in different ways, but we're all going through the same things. And we believe that's how social change can happen. You connect people from different walks of life, but see how we're all this, a similar, in a similar position and see how we can help each other. Um, and that's where it begins, where we start small and just expand from there. And so can I just ask, like, what was the receptability of, of yoga in places like prisons or with, you know, or young ex-young offenders? You know, how, did the, was there sort of a scepticism to it? Were people not interested? Did you find it a bit of a struggle to introduce it into those different environments? Definitely. I mean, I, I remember even with my work before yoga, of course, I, I turn up well-spoken, uh, young girl at the time and automatically uh, especially in society or, or anyone that's been through a different background their response is well how does she know what I've gone through but again it's just that realization that we've gone through such similar things we might have just experienced them in different ways we all go through pain through loss and yoga actually helped me personally with a lot of really challenging and rough patches in my own life and it's when you connect with people on that human level and you break down that created, oh, how would you understand? How would you do this? And actually just show them this isn't a religion. It's not a cult. It's not me trying to come here and, and tell you this is how you can feel or, or uh, this is what you should be doing. But showing them that they actually have that themselves. You know, that, that idea with yoga that all you need is exactly where you are. It's just giving yourself the space to see it. The pure potential is it doesn't matter where you live or how big your space is or what you've gone through all that you need just starts right now on your yoga mat moving breathing and shifting and then the possibilities are sort of infinite from where you can go uh, so i always think it's just showing showing the path showing somebody what they can do for themselves rather than feeling like they have to depend on somebody else mm. it sounds like one of the core values of you know live calm yoga is that kind of social responsibility you know that we all have the responsibility to care for one another and to spread this the world of yoga onto any community regardless of you know whether because the thing is I'm finding at the moment and I'm also when I'm looking at Instagram I'm seeing a lot of you know western white women practicing yoga and contorting themselves into all of these different shapes and there is an element about that that feels a little bit inaccessible for I'm sure a lot of people Absolutely. and what's wonderful about what you're doing is you're bringing what is obviously a dynamic practice but you're making it more accessible by enabling that diversity to come to the forefront yes and you know i there's this expression this mantra that always stood out to me is that we're all teachers and we're all students at the same time and a teacher will show you where to look but never tell you what to see and i think i was looking at your questions and one of them stood out to me because it's about you know how you can sometimes feel intimidated in a class or what you, your experience might have been as a student or a teacher but it's very easy to go into a, to places sometimes and feel like even if you have the gear or whatever, you, you don't fit in or that you're criticized. And with, I think, the, the, how fast everything's gone in the yoga world, it can be quite easy on the downside of it for people to come in with more of an ego, which is understandable, who aren't necessarily doing that work on themselves. And that can then translate and be really dangerous. Uh, you know, Bikram yoga, for example. I know that it's a popular practice. Some people love it. Some people really enjoy um, that 
regimented, quite strict way of yoga. But if you have you seen the documentary, it's really eye-opening how sometimes your your power or your ego can actually take you into not a very good place and actually be really negative in what you can influence and inspire people to do and put people off the practice. And and there are so many people that look to yoga, even like what we said about the training is, oh, I have to be able to touch my toes. That's a standard one, isn't it? You know, I can't touch my toes. I'm not flexible. I can't do it. It's not for me. Um, but actually, when you just provide a safe space and say, look, this is for you to move. We're going to give you loads of modification. It's about being yourself, being comfortable, knowing that you're fully supported. You start to see how much potential so many people have to just create their own journey and, and really discover what's what's possible within themselves. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was something even from my own experience that I wanted to carry through is that making it just available to everybody and it should be you know yoga is a as at its essence it's about trying to create change and trying to spread good energy um, even with what's going on at the moment with uh, be black lives matter we didn't actually put a statement out because our whole sort of work and ethos is around equal opportunities for all but even just more in a yoga sense yoga is about one energy one all everybody being one and everyone being connected so even the physical practice should be something that's uh, as accessible as it can be for as many people. Did you get any feedback about not putting out a statement, you know, or, or just a post or anything about Black Lives Matter? Has anyone approached you on that? I'm just interested. What was, what was really, um, really great is that we didn't get any sort of criticism about it or alert, but it was, we actually got studios contacting us and asking for advice on their statement. Uh, because a few studios that we're connected with had shared that without it being their intention, when they looked at their statistics, they hadn't catered to sort of a diverse population of people and they hadn't realized it, you know, even just being whether it's their team or the people that came in practice. But it's hard because yoga, you know, yoga studios and the nature again of yoga, you feel a responsibility to say, oh, well, why haven't I done that? And how can I get more people in of different race and, and so forth? But actually it's about maybe more so the practice just and the, and the environment, seeing how that can be more accessible to those who wouldn't just know, wouldn't know about it or wouldn't maybe have the means to go into it or maybe, and rather than it being necessarily about race, I think it's about just, uh, the sort of hierarchy or what you're coming from economically or where you live, just those sorts of factors, which covers more again about equal opportunity for all rather than just looking at one area where it's not diverse, such as the color of your skin, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you, I suppose if you think about it, you know, lots of the big London studios, they are prohibitive insofar as financially it's, it's expensive to pay for a class. So what's great about yours is that you have that, that you know pay what you can or free it, it, it allows that community to build doesn't it and it gives that access to people to yoga that they wouldn't otherwise be able to have if they tried to go into one of the bigger London studios so what you're doing is incredible well you know I, well thank you so much and same to you but I think what also is really important to say is that a lot of the misconception as well around yoga or even more community work is that oh the only people that are suffering are those who have been through some sort of um, challenging background or who live in a different environment actually you know, we've got 
so many people who may have the nice house, the nice home, the good job, all that stability, but actually they're unhappy, they're suffering with mental health, body issues, pressure, expectation, all the same things as someone that, that could be living in a council state in Brixton could be facing. And again, it's about providing them with a new sense of perspective. Uh, there's a woman that has been supporting what we do for a long time, and she ticks all of those boxes, but she always felt like she didn't fit in in a yoga studio, even though she had the means for it, and even though she, the caliber of people seemed more like the type of circle she would associate with. And she came to start coming to our classes because they were local to her, and now she's an ambassador of what we do, but also she said something that really stood out where she shared, I'd never in my life would have been in a room with all of these people in what, at one time or I've ever really have crossed my path with them. And she was like, not because I didn't want to, just because I wouldn't have known how to. And actually now I've realized I have more in common with them than some of them, you know, the, the ladies that I know through her tennis club or through all those different things that she's grown up with. And, and actually they need it just as much. They, everybody needs um, connection and a sense of belonging. Uh, and it's just about, letting people have again that space to to feel that and to be supported um, as well as how we feel as teachers um being supported ourselves from what we can learn from the students and from each other so how in your life have you used like yoga as a tool you know we talked about mental health and coming through times of struggle has that been something that's really helped you yoga your yoga practice definitely uh, i think i was a very very lost difficult teenager <laughs> and uh that sort of inspired me to go into the work that I did mm. and then uh, over a period of time I lost I lost both my parents so my mum recently and then my dad when I was growing up and and before yoga I think it was always just trying to find that way of, of coping and yoga if anything made me realize that we're all going through something and when you share that or when you connect with that or when you allow yourself to be open um, and honest with yourself it's it's incredible how much strength you build so I find I get so much from teaching as well as running the co-running with Kama Yoga as well as what I try and put into it and um, if anything it, it was actually just after my mum that we set it up officially and I, I remember thinking to myself how am I going to do this how am I even going to put my head into this and it, if anything it sort of saved me um, it's not even just moving your body on a mat. It's just about being able to be real with yourself and say, well, it's okay to have a bad day or it's okay not to feel your best. Or it's, and it's that sense of perspective, that choosing to see good each day and choosing to see um, what's available rather than what's not and what's limited. And I think yoga just gives you that direction to say, right, in the morning, if I wake up and say it's going to be a bad day, it will be. I wake up and say, okay, what can I learn today? And uh, look at what I've got. What am I grateful for? Just those small tools become habits. And actually, that's very can, can be very foreign to a lot of people. And I think the more you practice yoga, it's easy to forget that, to think that you know, people in, in the corporate world or people who are living in challenging environments wouldn't think, oh, I'm just going to wake up today and have a, a gratitude practice or, you know, or get my own bowls out, whatever it is. But it's those small changes from the practice that really help you navigate through your life. Mm. It's interesting, you know, when you think about something like as traumatic as your parents dying, that trauma is held in the body, isn't it? And yoga gives us that way of accessing that trauma in, in a safe yes. 
in a safe way, it can basically act as like a therapist, can't it? You can almost be your own therapist through a yoga practice. Definitely. Uh, and I think that when it comes to the physical, I really believe that, you know, the body is a form and energy is formless. So your energy will sort of take the shape of whatever container it's in. So we're all forms looking different, existing in different ways. But the one thing, whatever your belief is, even if you're not spiritual or you're a scientist, the one thing that's all agreed on is that energy is infinite, never lasting. So it's amazing that sometimes you can be working out, you can be eating really healthy, having your green juices every day and just feel not right in your body. And yoga really opened my eyes to say, well, actually, it's about connecting and saying, what am I holding on to? What am I suppressing? What aren't I shifting? And it's a completely different mindset. And you know what I said to you earlier about um, being yoga mums and, and uh, pregnancy through yoga? It's, it's that I, I really do believe that the reason why I think a lot of mothers or, or during pregnancy can find yoga really empowering is because it's just that ability to fully connect to what's going on and that life force inside and being with your emotions every day and allowing yourself to go through what's happening and the changes in your body and realizing it's just a body, but actually what's going on is that magic inside. And so that was really, again, life-changing because you start being more in control of how you want to feel energetically as well as emotionally and physically just by being more aware of it. You know? mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're so profound you speak in such an oh, way. <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same about you no not at all oh, trust me after about 9,000 zooms and you probably find this with teaching you think have I said that already have I done that twice did I just do the same side again <laughs> oh gosh yeah this <laughs> step a foot forward if you're following Especially because it's, it's mirrored yeah yeah. And you're going, go left. And, you know, I think it's very different when you're in a class and you're trying to do the opposite as what mm. you're saying. But when you're looking at yourself on a screen, do it. He throws you and you it just really you know does, does. It really Whatever does. Whatever side you want to go, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, so I know that we're, we're not enjoying the Zoom life that much on yoga. Have you had any other negative experiences? And I, I hate saying the word negative, but I suppose for me what that means is I got really trapped in that ego at the beginning of my practice and I couldn't touch my toes. I have no dance or gymnastics background. So I pulled my hamstring within about a month of starting a yoga practice and it took a year for that injury to actually heal. Um, so I suppose that was my negative experience with yoga and I've had other people sort of saying, well, now it's my job. You know, my own practice has become a little bit sidelined. So I suppose, is there anything similar that's happened to you in that regard? Yeah, so I remember when I was doing uh, yoga at the beginning, I, I'm hypermobile and because of dance, I would just naturally overextend. Uh, and what was really funny is I was working in the prisons and when I, I got, a, so I had a bad injury and everyone assumed that I'd just been in a, some sort of scuff uh, because I, I broke my eye socket. <laughs> and uh, everyone just thought, oh, she's got in a big brawl with a fender. You know, it was some really amazing tough story. Actually, no, it was uh, I was in a yoga class and I was demonstrating and practicing handstands and probably to my own detriment because I was sort of pushing myself to extremes. I then went over to help a student who wanted to do handstands. The music was really loud. I was like lost in it all. 
and I said, lift up your leg gently. She didn't hear me. She kicked up and then literally it just shattered. And then a couple of weeks later, I dislocated my knee. <laughs> so I was sort of this walking out of balance. Uh, I think I'm so stubborn as well that uh, I was going into classes to teach with an eye patch on, on sitting on a chair with a crutch. I mean, everything wrong possibly with how a yoga teacher should look was me. Uh, but it, it changed my... Like the I, long, long silver of yoga here. Like yeah, definitely. The long hair as well. I just needed some dreadlocks and I would have been sorted. But it was, it was life-changing again because it made me realise, one, I'm practising in such a way where I'm just pushing. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's about listening to the body and there's a disconnect here. So one, it encouraged me to say, right, how can you modify and how can you take that to really understand other people's bodies and what the risk is here? Um, but also the opportunity and even with you and what you went through, I think that it, it happens again for a reason so that you can go, right, how can I use this to really understand myself better, to also help people that wouldn't normally be able to do half the things that we try and do, even just from a physical perspective, but also who just might, not actually have the space to to see in that way that utilizing an injury or a setback can actually contribute to something positive because it's a it's a journey right it's a it's a way of discovering something new about yourself or um or how you can deal with adversity or a difficult scenario and so all these things i think happen and you sort of translate that negative like you said into something positive and into something that's a choice of how you wish to see it uh, so I thank those injuries, even though at the time I was a friggin' nightmare. <laughs> um, I definitely thank those experiences because, again, it, it shaped me. We do chair yoga now, um, and we've got a lot of, uh, of people that work with us that are uh, they've got M- MS. So some of them won't have any movement from the sort of chin down. It's amazing that they can have a full yoga practice uh, just through moving through their mind or moving their head and neck and have and be sweating more than, you know, us in a power class uh, because they're so fully connected and present. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think definitely, it definitely changed things. That's so wonderful. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you know, Chris has MS. And, and so one of the reasons that I got into yoga was so that I could teach him and help him heal. Um, and obviously, you know, he's still, he's not at the stage of chair yoga, but he's very much... You know, someone who loses sensation and at times loses strength and it's amazing how um, empowering this yoga practice can be for someone who experiences MS or any chronic illness um, it's such a no idea about that I mean that is absolutely phenomenal that you're doing it that that's a real tribute to you mm-hmm. because that's a that's a life dedication that you've taken to better the people that you love and I think that's what yoga is about you know, it really is uh, community and everything aside, you start with your family. Mm. Uh, and then if everybody was to do that, be responsible for themselves, help the people that they love, do something good. That's imagine if everybody did that in the world, then we would be in a very different place because it's very easy to, to, to work with someone, you know, uh, on halfway across the country. But it's hardest to work with the people closest to you, mm. I think. Oh, you've given me goosebumps. <laughs> me, no, you, you too. And I'm sorry to take it away from that, but just because I'm genuinely interested. I mean, how's, how's that been for him? Has he been, how's he taken to it? 
Well, I suppose like anyone who experiences um, a chronic illness, alongside him being a professional sportsman, so he was a professional sportsman, it takes a massive hit on the mental health, um, of course, naturally. And here we are, you know, a couple of years down the line, both of our mental health has been through a battering as a result of this rather scary diagnosis, which causes a lot of uncertainty for the future. Um, and I suppose the one thing that really empowers us both is taking control of what we can, you know, and being present. And what better way to do that than to embark upon a yoga practice? Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you came into this journey and didn't know what was going to happen with Chris. And then the fact that you have utilized it as a way of healing and helping. Um, and you may know this quote that says you know open up possibility by becoming comfortable with uncertainty that's what I feel is is a real core value of yoga is that actually we live so much in what's past or what could happen we miss what's happening now and there's so much available in the now uh, and that's exactly what you're doing you know and, and I also believe that in this world that there are the strongest of people who are designed to heal and help others like yourself, I set with the toughest challenges so that they can help other people who are not in that same position to think that way, to be inspired to do the same. Um, and even if it feels like, oh, it's, it's really tough, actually you've been faced with that because you're strong enough to embrace it. And because of that, there will be so many others in your position that will be influenced to see from a different light uh, because of your journey together. I also believe that yoga and, and holistic practices can completely reverse uh, certain chronic conditions because I've seen it. You know, I've seen it. It's unbelievable mm -hmm. because it's mind and energy, right? And and so even if your body might be doing something else, if you if your mind and energy is strong, it's like your body will just respond to that. Um, and we've seen it through so many examples of people who have gone through. Um, really difficult physical conditions or illnesses and have completely changed it because of just strength within themselves. Mm. It's so interesting as well when you're talking about, you know, injuries as well and illness. When I was injured, I started, my practice started to become a little bit more about yoga nidra and meditation. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I find those incredibly, you know, yoga is so much more than just asana, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and those practices really help you to be able to access them. And I've, I'm about to do a yoga nidra course. Oh. My friends have said to me, hang on, yoga sleep. What is the point in that? So you just lie down, you know, why don't you just go to sleep? And it's so interesting to say, no, this, this yoga nidra has the power to heal, you know, and it, as again, it has been shown to you know, to help people with psychosomatic conditions, whether that may be digestive disorders, um, it can help people with diabetes, with heart disease, and it's amazing how just that, that lying down, it doesn't even need to be that you're moving your body, it can just be that, that subconscious and, and conscious level of thinking that can help you know, change neurological pathways. It's, it's, it's fantastic, the yoga is medicine. Um, I, I, I... I'm so excited that you're doing this and also will jump on the opportunity when you're doing classes to do needle because I absolutely love it. And I feel like so many people uh, within our society in London, especially, but are um, affected by stress because of lack of sleep. And actually you can go to sleep, you can pop every pill, you can do whatever, but the state of conscious and subconscious and understanding it and being aware of it and realizing what you're suppressing again, 
is so valuable. It's it's transformative. And not to sort of go off tangent, but just as an example, a, a very close friend of mine, um, and you know what I love again about the sort of yoga community world is age is nothing. Um, he was in his 60s and he would hang around with all of us in the community. When he first came into a class, everybody was a bit unsure because he came into a very power vinyasa class. Uh, and this was actually at the house of yoga, so it wasn't a community session. And people thought, oh, how's he going to be able to manage? Because looking at him, they just assumed he was older, he was quite frail. Anyway, he just showed off to all of the 20 year olds standing on his head, uh, press ups, you know, with one hand, all sorts, and became a really big part of Live Karma because he became a good friend and started coming to community classes. The reason why he did that is because he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, told that he had only a couple of weeks left to live. So wanted to come to something where he could be a bit more free in in um, in his practice, but also help others who perhaps were going through similar. Anyway, uh, two years later, still strong as an ox, had been going in and out of hospices where he was sort of at the end of life, but just kept defeating it all because he was doing nidra, yoga practices, yin, meditation, acupuncture. Um, and actually, in the end, it was he got the all clear, but was a and it was a miracle patient um, at St. At St. George's in Tooting. But it was actually a bug and infection that sadly took his life um, when his immunity was low. But it was nothing to do with with the cancer as a direct reason for his death. And he inspired the path for so many people to say, actually, explore what's out there for you because there's so much more than just this sort of western way of treatment actually it's it's eastern and also just that whole tribal effect that you can just do it you can cure yourself it's because the word that you used there was miracle and i was thinking to myself these aren't necessarily miracles are they because what the western world thinks that they're miracles yes because yes. you've overcome all of the odds no i've taken control of my own body and my own health and yes is my own personal miracle, not a like a medical miracle necessarily. Do you know what I mean by, by that? Absolutely. And you know, you're living and seeing that uh, with your family, but also it's, it's just the realization that so often we're camouflaging things, camouflaging our thoughts, our feelings, taking medication, not even knowing what we're taking, what we eat, what we breathe, everything has an impact on how we feel. Uh, and just being aware of it as a, that sole starting point, just being aware, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Uh, why am I following this? Or why am I popping this pill? Whatever. It's just a, such a powerful tool to start making these changes in your life and going, well, okay, nobody actually knows me better than I know myself. So if I just become more confident in how much I know myself, and if I get to know myself better, I'll make clearer choices for myself and make better judgments. Uh, so I do think that it's just this everlasting path, of infinite possibility for yourself, even just from a health perspective. Uh, you just start being more conscious of your feelings, you walk away from things like scales and, uh, and comparison. Even though it's so hard, you just start becoming more in charge of your well-being and, how, and your mentality. Oh. You're, you're just nailing it. I'm just loving it. You're saying. I feel like this should be your podcast. And oh, absolutely not. Talk show host. Definitely. Now you've got it down to a T, so I'm very grateful to be included in this. 
Um, so who are your biggest influences as a teacher? So you've got quite a fiery practice. Do you yeah. have any sort of like yogis that you'd love to practice with? Well, Jambo is definitely one. So Jambo, I, I love his uh, approach to yoga because he's very much about balance. You don't have to be some clean eating, you know, healer uh, to do yoga. And that's what I think I really fell in love with this classes for, but also it was super strong, very present connected. Um, Claire Estee, she's a Baptiste yoga teacher from the States. She's also uh, recovered from cancer. Uh, through healing practices she's always been a, a huge sort of light for me but in honesty most of uh most of my inspiration comes from being in the community so i don't practice many classes uh and i remember looking at one of your questions and it gets you to think and go oh actually how many classes do i do and that's definitely decreased over time and um, i'd say i do a little bit of self-practice but all of the the energy that I get is actually from being in it. So now, even even online, teaching in the community, being out in the community, seeing people, seeing people move, seeing people from different backgrounds, that gives me so much inspiration on how to teach and deliver. But also, you just get so much uh, knowledge from seeing how other people live and how you know they say that if you travel. Uh, and if you just explore different cultures um, and you just expand your learning outside of your box, that just shapes your own development so much more than just staying put where you are. So even though I love, there are a lot of amazing teachers out there, I definitely get the most from the students, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, you learn from what other people offer, but also what they need as well, you know? Yeah. You, you can, I think it can be easy to get set in your own practice, you know, and just like I do my practice like this and, and uh, I want to be able to, you know, the, the way that I have a good practice is by doing 90 minutes, of like really intense flow and then having a good sweat on. But then you ask yourself, are you staying in quite a, a restricted bubble because you're starting to miss sort of the little tricks that are going on externally? And, it's only when I look at other people and what they're coming from mentally or emotionally or how they move that it, it gives me so much influence into how I want to teach. And you get so many ideas as well. You say, oh, look at that person modifying over there. I wonder how that feels. And then you do it and you go, oh, my goodness, that feels so good. But I never would have tried it before because you become quite used to your own, you know, the teachers that you follow or the classes that you go to. And that actually can be quite, quite similar each week or or every time you go into it because you're just doing sort of repeating the same things yeah it's amazing that you can be innovative and creative through watching your students like you say definitely um <laughs> but what about books i love reading yes. the reading list um i've had such an array of recommendations and i can't wait to get stuck in um what would you recommend for our reading list so it's probably one that might have been read by quite a few but uh, it's The Art of Joy and Gratitude, which is uh, by Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, uh, which is incredible. So it's nonfiction and Dalai Lama is a huge inspiration to me, just this whole journey and what he stood for. Uh, and that book, I, I find it quite hard to read. So actually, sometimes I'll read something, a sort of paragraph, and then sort of veer off and then have to go back to it. And that was the book that sort of kept me gripped and kept me going 
Um, so I hugely recommend that. Um, and there's a couple of others like The Power of Now uh, and also any Eckhart Tolle books mm. or Paolo, Coelho, a, a really beautiful and inspiring, again, going a little bit off um, from the nonfiction. But yes, Dalai Lama for sure. Um, and easy, it's also easy to read. I think someone that doesn't do yoga or that's wanting to introduce himself a little bit to it without all of the philosophy terms, it's very general. So you can look at it just how you would make changes in your life just by shifting your mindset or being kind, kinder to people, so sort of compassion, gratitude, but in a very accessible way. Uh, so, yeah, definitely that. <laughs> Amazing. Sara, it has been so wonderful to speak to you and I'm sure our listeners have thoroughly enjoyed listening all about your story and the amazing work you do in the community. Um, where can we get involved in your community classes? Where can we find you? Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and we have an Insta handle. So mine is liveyogi underscore loveyogi. And we have our community page, which is at livekarmayoga. Uh, and we've got all of our sort of free or pay as you wish community classes online uh, and we have them running five or six times a week at the moment we've got lots of free courses as well that people can sign up to uh, around mental health or just mindful living so we hope very much that you'll join us at any time anytime anyone is welcome amazing thank you so much um, thank you harriet thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed the chat Subscribe now to hear more from the inspirational yoga teachers that are appearing on this first series of Me and My Yoga. We release a new episode fortnightly, so you don't have to wait too long for our next dosage of all things yoga. You can check out more about my story and this podcast on my website, yogaharriet.com and my Instagram, yoga.harriet. This podcast is brought to you in association with the mental health charity Milestone. Milestone is a charity which uses the power of sport to normalise the conversation around mental health, to remove stigmas that still exist in today's society and to act as a catalyst to engage with and tackle whatever it is that people are facing in the knowledge that they are not alone. You can find out more about Milestone at teammilestone.co.uk or following them on Instagram at milestone.uk or Twitter at milestone underscore UK. Thanks for listening.